We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining me for this episode is Graham Mills. Graham worked with AFC Bournemouth as a youth development phase coach, and he recently took a role with Solent University as a football lecturer. So our topic is study visits and coach education trips. The reason for getting in contact with Graham, he posted a presentation from a visit to AZ Alkmaar in 2018 and I came across it and it was unbelievable. I used it for my 433 book and used some of the work and then connected with Graham and we talked about coach education and I wanted to get him on to talk about that. It's a question I get quite a lot, coaches reaching out and wanting to know how to go about going on visits or who to contact or the best way to ask the questions or make the relationship. So I thought, why not chat about it uh, with someone who's done some really good work, not only in the relationship piece, but also in the follow-up piece. We're putting some work together and making it accessible to the coaching community. So a lot of good stuff in this here. As always, let me know what you think. At Gary Kernin on Twitter, at Gary Kernin on Instagram. This podcast is brought to you by Sports Lab 360 a new and innovative online program focused on youth player development from a tactical and soccer IQ perspective. If you haven't come across their program yet, I would highly recommend checking it out. It's perfect for any coaches looking to go the extra mile to enhance the development experience for their players. A little bit more at the halfway point to receive an exclusive MSC podcast offer. Here's Graham. Enjoy. Graham, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon for the Modern Soccer Coach podcast. Very excited to have you on. No, thanks for having me. It's good to good to speak to you. One of the most common questions I get is from coaches asking about club visits, recommendations, where to go, how to go about it. In your experience, what's the best starting point for this? Yeah, so I, I was fortunate to work at AFC Bournemouth for, for eight years. So within that time, I built a network of, of contacts. Um, Obviously, coaching is a social process, so making contacts and, and maintaining relationships is really important. Uh, obviously, what you know is important, but also building a network of the right connections is is also really important too. Um, I've not really used uh, Facebook or LinkedIn uh, or Twitter, you know, social media as much as much as maybe other people. Um, my contacts would tend to be more face to face or a personal contact or a contact of a, of, a, of an associate that I know, um, and then it's sort of building that relationship uh, where I can not only ask for the opportunity to go and visit a, an environment or go and do a study visit but it's also reciprocal so what can I offer back as well um, but face-to-face personal contact has always been the best medium for me um, which I know is difficult but uh, obviously there are platforms like uh, Twitter which which have obviously our contact my contact with you is is, is through through Twitter and it's, it is very valuable but um, I've tended to think that a more uh, personable approach is is really good. 
We'll definitely talk about that reciprocal piece later on. In terms of looking at the teams to study, I think if you ask a, a group of coaches in any community, you know, they'd probably say, well, I'd love to go and watch Klopp in Liverpool. Oh, I'd love to go and watch Pep in Manchester City. How do you look beyond the big market teams and look at different systems or environments that you want to study and you want to look at up close? How do you go about that process? Yeah, so I've I've always tried to do a bit of research first and foremost um, and identify clubs that maybe have a differentiating factor or something slightly unique about what they do. Um, and that's that's been an interest that I've wanted to then pursue. So Bilbao would be an obvious one with their sort of self-imposed restrictions on only playing Basque players. I've sort of looked into certain things that have interest to me and then, you know, I've tried to form a contact or relationship somewhere or I've asked, you know, do you know anyone that might know someone and then try and build a relationship and sort of a rapport or some trust where then I can then go and look at a club. I, I completely understand that, you know, most people want to go and see Pep Guardiola coach or but access is very restricted and I'm I work in development with young players so my interest has been more around well that club's doing something really unique and very different. You know, what can I learn from them and maybe apply some of the things, not all of them because it won't fit the culture or the environment I might work in, but what can I bring back and maybe introduce to, to my environment? Yeah, let's go a little deeper into that. So it, it looks as if Instead of just watching games, there's obviously a research part of it. There's literature that you pick up. It's not just watching a team play and liking a certain system or a certain style of play or, or even a high-profile coach. It's the environment, it's the infrastructure, it's the organisation of the club or even it's the culture. You're looking at learning and observing along those lines? Yeah, I think you go to, you know, you go to, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. If I go to a CPD session or go to watch a, a coach work um, or I'll ask someone, so, you know, what did you see? What was, and it's almost like, well, I've seen that before. Um, I think they're missing the real value of, of, of going and, and observing someone else coach. You may well have seen the practice or, or a similar variation of it before, but it's about, you know, how does that coach develop rapport? What is the timing of the interventions? What's the environment they've set around it? You know, how do they create a connection with the players first and foremost? So it's all those details that I, I am fascinated with. Um, I think if you develop a culture um, and you can maintain that through the living traditions that you sort of uh, you stick to and, and the, the way that you go about your day-to-day -day work, um, I think without that... Um, it's you know the, the you can't really get maximal gains from from the way you deliver your sessions. I think it's it's the other things that maybe go unnoticed uh, that other people perhaps don't pick up on. They're, they're the real things that I try and take from the visits that I go to. So once you've finalised the visit and you've got everything set up, what kind of preparation work do you do before going in? When it's me, I've never requested meetings i've always just played it by ear tried to grab a coffee with them and always approached it from just training and observing first do you actually plan the meetings the sit down with the coaches or how do you go about that well the the visits that i've been on have been they've all been very different um so sometimes when i'm having that initial conversation with them about coming in and visiting um i'll ask if there's an opportunity to sit down with the sporting director or with the psychologists or the sports science team um, because there might be something specifically that I'd... But sometimes it's um, sort of evolves while you're there. 
so I'll go and watch a session um, and I'll have, a, I'll have some idea of what I want to go and ask about, like a semi-structured uh, sort of interview. Um, and then it might deviate somewhere else. So I might watch something, observe something, opens up another line of interest or something that I want to pursue further. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very sometimes when I'm there, just through conversation in the canteen or just after a session, I might talk to someone and they'll say, I've got half an hour this afternoon. Why don't you pop by the office and we can sit down and chat? So whilst there's certain things I want to address or things that I, I ask for before I go, really every every visit um, sort of evolves whilst you're there. Um, and then it's just about take being able to take those opportunities when they do come up if if there's an opportunity to sit down with a member of staff and pick their brains and similarly they they want feedback as well they want to ask so what did you see what and then they they inquire about what we do at AFC Bournemouth or what I what I did do um and if they can learn anything as well so again it's it's that mutual respect of if and that reciprocation of, of of ideas and sharing as well I think one thing all my visits have had in common is that I've always been asked to wait somewhere for 10, 15, 20 minutes while someone's in a meeting or someone's talking to someone or someone's doing something just in the everyday life of a club and you're just sitting having a coffee on your own watching the world go by and I've come to really enjoy that aspect of it because you can just observe how the club and the culture of the club operates in the daily routine and I listened to an interview from Fergus Connolly and he talked about once he arrives at a facility, he can suss the culture out by meeting the security guards or, or the people at the desk or the first couple of people he talks to. He knows exactly what type of culture he's walking into. Do you feel the same way whenever you go visit a place? Yeah. I, I when Whenever you go to, to a study visit, obviously they want to present, present you know the best the best things that they do the best side of themselves um so that you go away with a really you know good opinion of of the club um that's only natural to to want to do that but it's 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 the downtime that sitting in the stands and just talking with the parents or um having a conversation with over a cup of coffee or just speaking to the the guys on the desk as you you come in on reception it's you you get a real feel of of what it's like um and, and yeah, I, I really value those those conversations. And then once the visit is wrapped up, what's your process for evaluating it, putting everything together, writing everything up? How do you go about that there? Yeah, so I whilst I'm there, I'll, I'll make notes of sort of everything I see and um, try and capture everything. And then it's really a case of, sort of reflecting on that experience and trying to structure it in a way that that is presentable and it does take a lot of time um but then hopefully what you produce at the end of it there's there's going to be some sort of declarative information which just states facts or my observations but what i try to do with those reflections is sort of get under the skin and present the sense of what it was like there and the impression that it left on me or what the environment felt like um because i think you can go online and you can read uh you know you can read about a club or or you can read about uh, the way an academy works, but I think the the real important thing is is that what did it feel like? What was what was the overall impression that it left? Um, so I think that's that's an important part of the the presentations that I've tried to do. You know, I haven't always got it right, and my my writing style is always sort of evolving and, and improving. But um, I think what I try and do is be impartial. 
So I, I'm not there to judge. I'm not there to say their their way of doing it's the right way or the wrong way. It's just I'm just presenting. This is how it felt. This is this is the vibe that I got. This is the information that that I saw. Um, and then it's for people that kindly read the the presentation to form their own opinions and you know hopefully hopefully give a bit of feedback. I remember when I was starting off as a coach, coaches were pretty secretive about their visits and they wouldn't give a lot up about going somewhere good and sharing what they picked up. But it's changed slightly now and you've gone the complete opposite way. Not only do you present your findings and the ideas and the, the breakdown of what you've learned, but you also put it in a format that is re- easily digestible, that's enjoyable to read. Do you enjoy that process or is that something that you find holds you accountable to analyse the visit from your point of view and go a little bit deeper in what you've picked up? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the the reflective side of it of coming away and sort of sort of processing what I saw and then trying to put it into, like you say, a, a format that's um, hopefully engaging and you know, it's, it's good to read. Um, but the, the sort of the, my motivation really is that I was fortunate to be in a position at at Bournemouth um, and I had access to those experiences, which not a lot of coaches or or some coaches won't have those resources or the time to be able to do it. So I, um, I personally value sort of, you know, theory of communities of practice where you can share knowledge um, and collectively you then hopefully all improve current practices. You capture knowledge from each other and share um, given a platform for growth which you know hopefully is is mutually beneficial so i i improve from doing the, the the study visit reflecting on it presenting on it and then hopefully others will will benefit from reading it i think you're right i think in in past or or traditionally football clubs have been quite insular structures um so it sort of restricts the flow of information so what one club is doing they don't really want to share with someone else and they're almost like safeguarding their secrets but I personally believe that that as a as a as a fraternity of coaches, I guess it it holds us back, um, especially in an evolving uh, sort of dynamic environment like football. Um, what I found really fascinating was in in Holland, if you're the top categorization of academy there, part of the requirements of of that categorization is that you have to share best practice with the clubs in your local environment, your local catchment area. So you're upskilling grassroots coaches um, and therefore, as a result of that, the players are being upskilled. So I guess in effect, the, the base of the development pyramid becomes broader and then therefore the players that can reach the, the sort of elite or excellence level of the pyramids, the, the numbers the numbers increase. Um, I think the FA are doing some good stuff here in England with introducing mentors at grassroots Um but what we we need to do is really upskill uh, local grassroots, and we've probably as academies gone the other way, and we've developed um, pre academies and taking players even younger ages five and six, so rather than upskilling the grassroots and our, our local sort of environment, we're we're actually taking the players at younger ages and then sort of keeping them within in the academy longer. Um, so yeah, I mean for for me, it's just an opportunity to. If, if I've got access, rather than keep it to myself, share it with others because I've had some great feedback on 
on sort of social media, people that have read it and have sort of good, bad or indifferent have suggested ways or ideas. Um, and again, I, I benefit from that and hopefully they've benefited from reading it. So I think sharing is really important. Yeah, I love that from the Dutch clubs where they're sharing exactly what they're doing and going into the community and giving examples of what they are and their vision. And I suppose, how can we move away from idealistic coach theory where it's either you know play models that we're all copying the same one we all want to be a possession-based team or else in terms of coach education we're all reading pep confidential how can we be more honest and maybe straightforward in what we're doing ourselves weaknesses and everything how can we do a better job of that as a coaching community oh um good question uh i think obviously we're in an age where you know information is a lot more accessible now than it ever was so there's some really good stuff online you know blogs and and analytical pieces um but really i think it it all depends on where what level the coach is at i think we're all sort of scrambling for lots of tactical and technical detail but i think sometimes it's the the other things that we require as coaches that from my experiences i, I see what differentiates the, some of the best coaches is not necessarily the, how much information they've got on a certain topic, but how they actually communicate that and get that information across. So more about the softer skills. So, you know, what, what rapport do they build with the players? What, you know, what, what language do they use to make what can be quite a complex thing seem quite simple to a player? Um, so, yeah, I, I get the idea that because you know, Pep Guardiola's you know, always been at the, the forefront of new ideas and the way that his teams play, everyone wants to sort of read those bits and learn little snippets from what they can. But I think probably a lot of coaches really need to, to work on other areas of the game. Um, and it might be around those, those, those soft skills that I mentioned how you make that more glamorous and more appealing to them to, to want to do that I don't know but like I say from from all the coaches that I've worked with and, and some of the best coaches I've seen work um, it's not necessary that they know more than other people in terms of that that subject area it's just they've got a very very good way of expressing that and, and communicating that yeah their their personality yeah I think that's that definitely play, plays into it um I think the environment they create for players, the their enthusiasm that they show, the you know just there's there's lots of things that, that the really good coaches that some people will assume that it's 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 unglamorous or it's it's not necessarily worthy of spending a lot of time watching or learning uh, about those those aspects of their delivery, but that's the things that differentiate them from others is is those things. Which are hard to hard to teach, but you know if we we observe them more and we learn more from them, the manner that they they express, etc., then maybe you know it's it wouldn't be so hard to teach. Just pause this interview with Gray in there to remind anyone listening to set aside a few minutes of your day to check out Sports Lab Three Hundred and Sixty. It's a new online program that focused on player development from a game understanding and soccer IQ perspective. The program empowers you as a coach to control the tactical development of your players outside the time spent on the field. Use the platform to assign soccer homework to your players, selecting modules that coincide with the tactical focus of training. 
Players work through the module that you assign and they see game film examples, they engage with an animated interactive lesson and then take a quiz at the end to check for understanding. This helps to identify potential areas of development for a team and player basis while optimising the limited time you have on the field with your players. Here's back to Graham. Looking at the other side now, you've worked for a Premier League club. How often have coaches reached out? How have they gone about coming in to looking at Bournemouth and how open have the club been in facilitating that type of visit? Well, we, we had several coaches from local grassroots clubs. There was there was always interest to come and watch, um, observe the, their local academy and learn from, from us and some of the things that we were doing. Um, we had some European coaches come and visit. There was a, a Maltese A licence that some coaches came over. Our, our sports scientist, um, Ben Bradley, uh, developed a link with them and they came over and spent a week with us observing different areas of the academy. Um, the community uh, department at AFC Bournemouth actually set up a, it's an annual thing, a, a three-month study exchange with the Chinese football coaches. Um, so they would come to, to Bournemouth and work with AFC Bournemouth staff, complete certain coaching qualifications. Um, but again, it's, uh, the, the, the interest that was in AFC Bournemouth come to visit was there, there had to be an in, inherent visit because we did something different or unique or was seen to be unique. And probably for me, it's the fact that their journey over the last eight, nine years of, you know, almost being at the bottom of the uh, League Two and to where they are now, the, the appeal of a young progressive English manager, um, you know, very good playing philosophy that ran through the club so I think when people sort of started to realise that and, and see that I think then then the interest of people coming and, and observing at Bournemouth um, we had we had several visits uh, on a regular regular basis what have you got what's coming up next have you got a, a target list of any places that you want to go um, well I'm, I'm hoping to go to Germany in April um, that's not confirmed yet, but I'm um, hopefully going over to there. And then something completely different would be Hong Kong in May. So uh, a good friend of mine has got a a friend that coaches uh, in Hong Kong. So again, it's the the interest in that one really is it's a completely different culture to to what I've observed or or seen. So again, something something completely different for me. Yeah, staying on you then and your mentality to get better and improve and develop. What's on your list of places to go or what area are you looking to improve on as a coach at this moment in time and why? Uh, well, my my role's changed just recently. So after eight years at Bournemouth, I'm now uh, working at Solent University, so in, in a lecturing position on a football studies course. Um so it's a course that's developed a, a real track record and reputation for getting graduates into the, the football industry in various roles. So coaching, performance analysis, recruitment. Um, and, the, and the reason why I, I went into that role is you know, the task of trying to contribute to the development of the next generation of English coaches was something that, that really appealed to me. Um, so I've only been delivering on the programme for three weeks, but what's really impressed me so far is the the enthusiasm the the knowledge the diversity of the cohort um which made it a really rich learning environment so we've got students on there from from all over the world different backgrounds different perspectives and experiences um so for me it's uh 
is trying to um, sort of adjust to that 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 different that different role that I'm now now in. Um, and for me, I, what I've learned so far is that you, you the adage, the old adage is really true that you don't know something until you've taught it. Um, so you know you've got some really bright coaches on this this cohort and you know that they want to challenge they want to um, ask questions so you know I've got to make sure that my knowledge is is very good um, so what I'm trying to do is watch as many games from from all over the world different different playing styles because I've been so aligned really to to a way of playing for, for the last eight years what, I, what I'm really keen to do now is to 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 see as much football and read as many different things as I can so when we have those discussions in the lectures I can I, I can be confident that I, I can contribute and make sure that if I'm, I'm asked questions I can give some information um, so that's the real challenge for me now it's just an adjustment of roles and making sure that I can give the students the best experience um, from from that the journey that they're on yeah on an educational course like a university, how do you balance or how do you emphasize that, you know, although there is a lot of information that the students will be taking on board from a coaching point of view with systems of play and structures and how to incorporate analysis and science, etc., etc., how do you focus on or how do you highlight the fact that the personality piece and that communication piece is so, so important? How does that come across? Uh, throughout the year um well obviously uh, i i've got the industry experience of having worked in a club so i can sort of give them my advice on how they need to conduct themselves or behave in, in in an elite environment or if they were to get a placement or a role in an academy or a football club um it, you know it's it's not an easy environment to I think some people assume that it, it can be easy to, or once you're in, it, it's, it can be comfortable. It's you doing something that you love and it's a sport that you, you enjoy, but you, you know, you have to have those skill sets that we encourage from the players as well. So you have to be resilient. You have to be robust. You have to be adaptable and uh, come up with solutions to problems. Um, and a lot of that is around, you know, again, it's around relationships. So, this coaching is a social process and if you've got the personality where you can where you can deal with those setbacks and you can create relationships and have a a, a good personality about you and when things are tough you're you don't allow it to uh, change your enthusiasm because at the end of the day the, the players are the the most central thing to, to a football club you know making sure that you're getting the best out of them especially in the development environment um so if if they allow their 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 behavior to change or their manner the way they come across um then that's obviously going to impact on learning and the consistency in the learning place so yeah it's it's not something that i've covered yet i've only been in three weeks so we're we're talking a lot around um how the game has evolved and where it is at the moment um so in lectures and seminars good discussions and then trying to bring that to life in the practicals um but certainly across the units that i will deliver on and i know some of the lecturers are working on those sorts of topics now on you know what are the the characteristics and the traits and the behaviors that you need to to show in an elite environment and to succeed in football the football is the beautiful game yeah we, especially if you 
you, it's a game that you love. You know, it's, there's no better thing than to, to be working in, in a sport and in an industry that, you know, is you're passionate about. But, you know, we shouldn't confuse that with, you know, it's just every day is exciting and every day is, um, you know, it's going to be easy because it's something I love. It's actually, it's tough, it's demanding. Um, there's a lot of hours involved. Um, there's a lot of uh, conversations that you have, difficult conversations at times. Um, and you, you need to be prepared for that. So it's difficult to, if you're a young student and you're you're going into a club for the first time, it's difficult to really prepare them for what the, the expectations of that environment might be like. Um, but I guess that's where, you know, myself and, and if we bring guest lecturers in and the other lecturers that are on the um, the the team there to to give their experiences and their anecdotal evidence of you know what it's like um so that we can best prepare them and then obviously it's it's up to them for their their own hopefully their personality and their their um the way that they can deal with these these situations to to ensure that they they can have a longevity in the game um especially the demands of modern coaching and you, you'll know as well that the, the amount of accountability that you've got now and the login sessions and making sure it's all planned and the time that's spent that, that's needed to spend reflecting it's not just the the two three hours you spend on the pitch each day there's a lot of hard work and a lot of background work that goes into that um so it, it's tough and demanding so we're trying to prepare them for that but Obviously, there's a there's a sense of ownership that they've got to take as well to make sure that they've prepared as best they can to to succeed when and if and when that opportunity comes up. There'll also be quite a few coaches listening to this who probably won't struggle with the email or building relationships, but might just struggle with getting a week off work or leaving the team without an assistant coach for a week or struggling to free up the time to get away and take a club visit to Europe or South America or Asia, wherever it is. What advice would you give to those coaches to get some coach education and get a different type of experience? Yeah, it, it, it can be really difficult. So if, you know, if you're not fortunate to be coaching full-time and you've got to balance it with a full-time job, um, then, it, then it is really difficult. Also resources, you know, if it, it's not always cheap to go and travel abroad or to another part of the country to go and observe a coach. So it, it, is, it is really difficult. Um, I think the the thing that I found is try and try and be proactive in terms of if 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 you're looking to go away at some some point, make sure there's there's plenty of leading time because if if you can book something in and it's in place, then then that's great. Obviously, in football environments, things change very quickly. So if if you're if it's the fact of next week I've got some time off, I'll try and contact someone. It's it's very difficult because. Um, you know things need to be planned in advance. Um, but yeah, I I would definitely encourage if if there is a possibility to travel and and go and see other um, coaches work or what different environments. We're quite for, fortunate. The world's a lot smaller now because of travel, and we've become a lot connect, more connected as a result. Um, the game here in England, for example, has involved evolved a lot as a result of foreign coaches and overseas talent. Um, and I'm sure it's going to continue to evolve and change. Um, so the next generation of coaches I'm working with now, the game's probably going to be very different when they're when they're um, hopefully in in situ in in, co- in clubs. Um, so travelling to see what other coaches do and the environments and they work, I think is a great opportunity to learn. And if there are barriers in the way, 
it's just hopefully trying to remove as many as you can and and get that planning in place as soon as possible and then last one going away taking a visit educational trip how often should coaches be doing this is as often as they can really uh, the, the only thing that you don't want to do is be constantly doing it all the time for example um because that's, you, you need to consolidate the what you're actually because you're going to a club to to hopefully pick up things and, and learn things or see a different perspective on things so you then actually if, if you're on the grass and you're coaching it's then about applying that knowledge or finding where it fits for you so you actually need some time to reflect and consolidate that information so you don't want to make it too regular but similarly you want enough exposure to be able to do it so that it does give you that those different viewpoints and that little bit of inspiration or a bit of innovation um so yeah i mean if if you can get away once a year or once every couple of seasons you know if i think that's that's probably enough to, for you to, to give you enough material to be able to then go and see if it works for you and have a go with it brilliant graham thank you so much top class no worries no i appreciate it. thanks so much to graham for his time and his insight there i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did i would highly highly recommend that if you haven't already go and check out graham's study visit presentation on az alkmaar it's on his twitter page it's the pinned tweet at the top so i think if you shoot him a message or an email or whatever he'll send you the link to it it's absolutely brilliant definitely definitely worth checking it out if you want the cliff notes of course check out modern soccer coach coaching your 433 as well there's some of it in there too uh, but on all seriousness I suppose the two things that I would take from that there and, and in talking to Graham quite a bit on visits and how to get the most from it, I suppose is to do a little bit more time and research on the front end and be a bit more intentional about who you want to see and what you need to see as a coach. Is it a culture? Is it an environment? Is there a relationship between the science and the field or is there a relationship between the analysis and the field? Is there some form of coaching that you want to get better at? Is there someone's reputation who you've been told that you need to go check out? That is usually a lot more valuable than watching a game and seeing someone attack or score plenty of goals and say, I'd love to see what they do in a training session or an attacking session. For me personally, going and seeing people communicate, not just coaches to players, but seeing coaches to coaches communicate and seeing staff to coaches communicate at different environments I just love, love observing that there. So I'm always open to going, looking and seeing. And yeah, as I'm as I'm getting a bit more experienced, I'm becoming a little bit more selective in who I want to see and why. And maybe even going outside the game too to observe some things. And then on the other end of it, two things on this. Number one, I think, yeah, I think if you go somewhere, I think it would be great for you to put together some notes and share it because you know yes it, it would benefit the coaching community myself included of course but also it would then challenge you to put it together in a professional way and also maybe challenge you to get the detail right in your assessment and then I would recommend coaches can engage in their community and invite other coaches to come in and take a look or other coaches to come in and assess or grab coffee with people and I think as a coaching community, we could do a much, much better job of that there. So it's one thing that I would like to see a little bit more of instead of taking a plane seven, eight hours away to a different time zone or a different country or a different continent. Maybe we could do a little bit more closer to home and help one another. So shouldn't just be an open session. The door should always be open for, for clubs and schools and teams 
and I think we should be a bit more accessible to not only reaching out and sharing our knowledge but also getting some feedback on what we're giving as well so as always we'd love to hear your thoughts on it at Gary Kernin on Instagram at Gary Kernin on Twitter really appreciate you listening as always have a great week enjoy thank you for listening to the modern soccer coach podcast for more coaching topics sessions and resources head on over to coach Kernin on facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com 